Welcome to Press YYZ. This is episode 35 for Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. We are live every Wednesday on twitch.tv slash press YYZ. I wish I could talk. Why, why am I hosting? I have no idea. Uh, and we need seven more followers on Twitch. Why is it, why is it, Nathan? Why do we need that? To reach 100. Reach 100. Holy crap. So we can, ha so we can have 100 followers. That's amazing. That's amazing. The voice you hear there is Nathan McInerney. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. I am back fresh from Windsor today. So I'm out of Windsor, so I'm much happier. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. We are also joined by uh, the man behind the ones and twos, Mr. Alex Cozina. Hey, hey, hey. I had two apples tonight at dinner. Not one, two. You're going to keep two doctors away? Is that Maybe. It? I haven't seen a doctor in like an entire year thus far. I mean, that's good. You I also feel like we shouldn't this year of all yeah, years. I also feel like that's not like super uncommon for a lot of people right now. And returning to the show, finally, after weeks of absence, getting trying to stay caught up with school and whatnot, our very own baby boy, Alex Ballant. Did How you are miss you me? Today? No. Oh, OK, cool. Uh, cool. It's really bit. great to be back. I um, yeah, I just have gotten very 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 busy very quickly and yeah um i finally have a chance to to talk about something that's not documentaries or films and i can't wait to, i can't wait to talk about video games tonight that's something i didn't really think about like for the past couple of weeks alex you've been like totally knee deep in like video editing and producing yeah you've probably not had like a lot of time to just sit down and be like let's talk about the games let's talk about the halo i haven't yeah i haven't been able to talk about halo in what feels like forever i'm starting to get itchy about it like i'm starting to get ticks um I've only been able to, I guess I'll just kind of jump right into what I've been playing because it has been three weeks worth, Go of, for it. worth of stuff. I finally played through all of Avengers, the main story of it, at least. I haven't really played any of the um, supplemental stuff, or like not supplemental, but like the, the, the whatever missions, like after you beat the main story. I just have done the main story. It's perfectly fine. It's mm. very fine. I had fun when Captain America came back. I guess spoilers, I guess. Whatever. Um, I won't say how he comes oh, back. Hold on a second. We need to activate the spoiler mode. Oh, we have a spoiler mode? Oh my god, that's oh, amazing. Yeah. You missed yeah, I know. Like, I'm, I, I missed the logo reveal. Like This new layout on Twitch is kind of incredible. Um, you guys have really, you guys have really been uh, picking up the slack. While oh, this is gone. all cozy. This isn't us. Yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. I'm just trying to give you guys some credit. Yeah. Um I'll I'll take that credit and just give it to Cozy. He's done yeah. everything oh, around here. You guys, I'll I'll inflate like a balloon and fly away if you give me too much praise. <laughs> Got to be careful. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> Well, now now we know the secret with our plan. Oh work. no. <laughs> well, oh no. I just built a computer. What a coincidence. Maybe I could do this. Yeah, now we're all capable of hosting Press YYZ. Hmm. Would it be up to the Abs same quality? Yeah. Absolutely not. There's one Anyways, more balloon. <laughs> Alex, I believe you were talking about Halo. <laughs> was I? I or, no. no, 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 no. You were talking about Avengers. Sorry. You can't. Oh no. You can't throw. That was you can't throw curveballs at me like this because I'm not in a state where I can be able to remember <laughs> what I was actually talking about. Um. Yeah. So Fair Avengers. Enough. It's very fine. Um. I did like how all the characters felt different. I surprisingly. 
I thought I was going to enjoy Thor way more than I did. I thought I was going to enjoy him way more. I really did not. Honestly, the characters that are fun for me are Captain America, Iron Man, and Kamala Khan. And Black Widow still. She's still fun. But, like, really, I just like playing Captain America. And I think it's because he feels the most like Batman. Which is, which is honestly That's the fair. case. Except for you have the shield and you can throw it. But, um, yeah, the story was kind of really disappointing just because i thought like i was reading on twitter that like a lot of people liked it way more than i did and yeah it just kind of really fell flat for me um i've heard it was actually the best part of the game i have mm. not played the game yeah i but... mean i haven't gotten too much into the the other content of like uh exploring or like doing the missions and stuff um just because i'm waiting till i can get an opportunity to play with the kfto group which you know it's literally just been on me not being available to do that because they've obviously been playing it a whole bunch um i think they're done now yeah i think it's just among us now that they're all playing oh yeah i need to buy that mm. yeah um all right yeah i'm going all clear on the spoilers but yeah it's so you know yeah. avengers yeah. is perfectly fine um i didn't get to uh, i'm not going to go into my whole i bought the collector's edition of it but i did buy the collector's edition of it <laughs> because i was stupid um go into it so because mitch who is unfortunately not here um he bought me the game, or he bought the game originally. He was going to get the digital version, so he sold me his pre-order. Then I was waiting on the Friday to just get it, and I was sitting by the mailbox basically all day, and I'm like, why don't I run to EB Games, which there's one really close to my house. I'll run there, buy Avengers, then when the pre-order comes, I can then do like the swap out at EB Games, and it would be all great. And then they had one collector's edition left, and I said is that one for sale? And he said, yes, I actually wasn't, I was going to pre-order it myself, but I decided not to. And then it was fate and I bought it. But the Captain America statue is cool in it and <laughs> honestly is worth yeah. it. I also have like the, there's a, a, a Iron Man armor blueprint, which is actually kind of cool. Like all the stuff is cool. And you know, it's just all Avengers stuff and Avengers are, are really cool. And yeah, so Avengers is perfectly yeah. fine. I'm probably uh, going to keep playing it tangentially as um as uh people want to play with me cool so okay so you you did mention mitch and i did not at mm -hmm. the top of the show i was trying to avoid it yeah. it's a sore subject he's hurt us deeply he's left he us for away. somebody else yeah <laughs> what about pasta i think he'd love creepy pastas maybe no he Mitch went ahead and got hitched, and so this week and next week, he will not be here because he decided to go and get married. Um, I don't know how he convinced her to say yes, but a lot of money. it may have been a the Disneyland thing. It may have been the Disneyland thing. A lot of money, and it just so happened to be at Disneyland where you can't yeah. really say no to things, apparently. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Congrats to him, I suppose. He uh, he actually streamed the whole thing live uh, on his Twitch channel um, and is probably almost at affiliate at this point because of yeah, it. Yeah, there, there were so. a lot of people that tuned into that Twitch stream, including you and me, AJ. And Yeah, and we were... We tried our best oh, man, to I'm bring people over to uh, the PressYZ channel, but uh, yeah. hard to see. I, I don't know yeah, if Carl was, was Carl playing was ball there too, right? The way, the way he should have been. Yeah, Carl. Carl was there. He was like somewhere yeah. in the video, but I don't know. I think his name was James Carl or something. I don't know. Anyway, 
it, the the archive of that, if you want to see him get hitched, is over on his Twitch channel, Mr. Mitch George. Go ahead and uh, check it out if you want. Yeah, there's some um, great twists and turns in this video. You will not see what happens. <laughs> oh, you will not believe it. Make sure the Twitch chat oh, yes. is on. And you're reading that say, Twitch chat as well. Does anybody object? Uh, wow. No. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. So many. J just in the chat. I though. mean, it was weird. Um, Not as strange as the part where the drone showed up. Like, let me tell you. Yeah, that was... Also, why did oh. Mitch, Mitch invite all of his ex-girlfriends? That seemed like a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was thinking. That was uncomfortable at the very least anyway mitch updated the doc here because even though he's not going to be on the show um and he just said married now honeymooning and hades is very I good agree. who can I anybody can definitely else agree with i that? i Alex, uh, picked it up yesterday actually and yesterday was the first opportunity wow. where i got to besides like the little bit of avengers i was doing like on and off i got to sit down and play hades for a couple of hours yesterday and Oh, that game is fun. Can you it sell is... me on it? Because I'm, okay. I'm curious about buying it. And I don't know. I didn't love Transistor. That's the only other okay. super giant game I've played. Um, See, I thought I'd like Transistor a lot more. Um, and then if you're going to sell me on it, sell me on PC or Switch. Because I don't know which one to go to. Okay. So I guess just up front, I love Transistor. Transistor is my favorite super giant game. To be fair, haven't played Bastion. So I can't really i can't really speak to that but i love transistor and hades is very quirky with its characters i mean like i'm really only familiar with greek mythology from the god of war games so getting to see this sort of this different interpretation of these these characters is very nice um gameplay wise it is um in case you don't know it's a roguelike so every time you die you restart from the very beginning and you essentially like throughout each time you go through you will get gifts from from olympus and these gifts will be like a new power up that will do like a percentage difference or will add like an effect like with um if you choose one of poseidon's gifts uh your your basic attacks will push people back and it's very fast-paced um and just i'm just really really enjoying it it's really engaging in the combat specifically um where transistor was a lot more sort of like it had like elements of being kind of not turn based but like like almost pseudo turn based mm -hmm. where it was like it would slow down and stuff where where um Hades is all just like it's action it doesn't stop for you to like plan your moves you're doing it all in in the time and just it's really satisfying like you have a you have a wide variety of weapons that you you choose which weapon you want to go in at the the beginning of the run so it's like there's a sword there's a um there's a like a a trident, I think, is what it's called. It's got it's got two, so it's not a trident, but it's got two um, two pokey bits, and so it's like the differences between them. It's like with the the sword, you have like uh, like a regular like your regular attack, you like just attack um, one target, but then you can press a different button and you'll do like uh, an AOE attack, and so then like with the bow, like the bow, you'll have like a charge ability, or you'll just have like the quick fire. With the trident, which again, it's not a trident because there's only two, but um, you can do like a, you can do like stabs or you can throw it, and then when you throw it, you can if you hit the return button, it comes back, and if it goes through an enemy, it does damage. So like all the weapons are very. There's a shield that has like blades on it, so you're throwing the shield. Uh, it's 
so there's a lot of variety in the weapons and I just think it's it's beaming with personality as well like just all the gods are very fun and they're all like very kind of quirky in a lot of ways and I just think it's really engaging action that makes me want to I don't really like roguelikes all that much. The only one that I ever really got into was Binding of Isaac. Um, but I really just am loving like the pick up, go for a run, go for two runs, and then put it down, then come back. And there is also a really engaging story of um, because you're, you're Hades' son trying to escape from the underworld. So there is a story to it, too, that uh, inevit- eventually you will beat the game as well. It's not just kind of go on until you get bored of the game. Okay. Uh, I will say I bought it on Switch. And for the most part, I've only been playing it on TV as well, and it runs very, very well. There's one kind of really long loading screen at the very beginning, but once you're like in, you're every time you die, you're instantly back to the the hub world, and then you can start again. So I think it runs exceptionally well on Switch. Like there's very only once I've had a performance um, hitch where it's like a kind of a, the frame rate would go down just a little bit, but it was only in one room one time. And I've been playing, I've played it like four hours at this point. So it, it's a very solid port. So okay. I, I think the, I think the game lends itself very, very well to switch, especially like I can't wait to play it in handheld. Um, so yeah, I, I would suggest getting it on switch if you were to decide on it. Okay. So, so I, um, I just before the show actually bought it um, using a, a deal that Nathan uh, brought to our attention um, on the Epic Game Store. If you download or just add uh, Rocket League to your library, the free Rocket League to your library, the Epic Game Store will give you a ten dollar credit. And so I used did that and applied it to the PC version of Hades. So how much did so, it end up being in um, the the end? It was like yeah. eight oh, bucks, wow. okay. something like that, because you got it, it. You get fourteen dollars right. off. Yeah, that deal. I don't know how long that October twenty third available. Uh, if you're listening, oh on, wow, until October twenty third. So there's plenty of time for the audio listeners to, uh, okay. to to know. But yeah, on the if, Epic Game Store, te- it's yeah. If that's if that's the case, in your um, I if that's the case and you haven't done that coupon yet, then honestly do it on that because. Though I'm really enjoying it, I, I bought it when it first came out on Switch. It was, uh, what, 25% off, and so it was about $25 uh, Canadian. Um, yeah. I do think it was, like, I don't regret the purchase, but if you could get it for $8, it is exceptionally there, worth it in that If If I'm case. not mistaken, I actually, I'm going to open it up. Uh, where is it? It uh, there There's actually a different, like, another... Like it's on sale or something like that. Like Hades as well at like ten percent off. Oh, okay. Off it might already. be because it just went one point. So yeah, no. So it's so it's Maybe on it, sale right? uh, just so. till the tomorrow at eleven. Um, it's had an opening week sale. Okay, it ends, so uh, the twenty fourth at eleven a.m. Okay. Okay, so uh, if you're if you're gonna buy it uh, and you want it at a good discount, you have until now. Um, but you can still use yes. that fourteen dollars mm. if you want. I just want to say. I'm looking forward to checking this game out as well. I have a lot on my plate right now, so I don't think I'm going to check it out right away. Uh, Really looking forward to when I do, though, because I loved Bastion back in the day. That was such a great game. And I tried playing Transistor. I gave it an honest shot. I thought Mm -hmm. there was a lot of cool stuff with it, but I couldn't get like more than a few hours into it before I kind of just lost interest. And the kind of discussion I'm hearing a lot on Twitter is like, hey, if you loved all of Supergiant's past games, you're going to love Hades as well. And also, if you enjoyed Bastion but 
the transistor didn't really do it for you, Hades will get you back into the swing of things. Sweet. Yeah, that that honestly sounds like a Good very fair. Again, I haven't played Bastion, but that sounds like a very fair um, <clears throat> overall like thing of it. Yeah. <laughs> not to not to Speaking disparage of... the games between Bastion and Hades. Just yeah, it's some it's yeah. a discussion point that I'm hearing online that makes me really excited. Of course. Speaking of games that start with H, cozy. You've been playing Horizon? Yeah, I, I've been playing a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn. So, obviously, in addition to doing a lot of stuff for this podcast, I also do listen to some other podcasts, uh, including a podcast called Respawning Fire. They do a monthly like video game uh, play-along book club kind of thing, and their video game for the next two months is Horizon Zero Dawn, so I decided to finally give it a shot. I'd purchased it like a few months prior and I'd been meaning to get to it for a while. Um, I'm only a few hours into it, uh, but thus far I'm enjoying it quite a bit. The thing about this game is when it first released, people talked about how, oh man, there are all sorts of like great quality of life stuff uh, in this game that really makes the aspect of the experience of playing it so pleasurable. And I kind of just took it as like, yeah, yeah, of course, like every game nowadays has quality of life stuff that, you know, dramatically improves the gameplay experience and is vastly superior to what we used to have in the past. But I did not realize until I actually started the game proper just how good some of the quality of life stuff was in this game. Uh, the one thing that really kind of sticks out to me is uh, early on, the game introduces you to scanning objects in your environment. And, you know, like many other people, I was first really, I would say, introduced to scanning in video games through the Metroid Prime games. And those games have kind of an erratic flow where you'll be walking along, you slow down a bit so you can focus in on a specific object in the environment and scan it. You scan it, you wait to read what it is that you just scanned, you start moving again, you slow down to scan something, you stop to read the scan, and sort of the cycle repeats itself. This game is basically like, all right, we're just going to completely do away with that. If you want to scan something in the environment, you just hover your like visor over it as you walk, and then it automatically scans as you're moving about. And then immediately you're presented with the option to bring up a audio log of what you just scanned. So if you don't want to stop and read it, you can just listen to it while you move along and do your business. And I'm like, oh shit. Like th this game just has so many neat little touches like that, that I realize to you guys right here, you're like, yeah, yeah, we played Horizon Zero Dawn in 2017. Get with the program, Alex. But I am nevertheless so delighted by um, I'm not, uh, I, I don't know that I'm utterly into the story, but I am intrigued thus far. Uh, there were some very cool kind of early game twists that I was not expecting involving, uh, some of the other people that Aloy had to attend a competition with, and I am willing to more than give it a shot. That's, so, yeah. That's really interesting that you're, like, talking about the, um like the gameplay and the mechanics and stuff of being like the selling point for you and the story not being because i was the pure opposite when i played horizon uh, i wouldn't say that i like i don't hate the story i don't think it's bad or it, okay. it's turning me off i'm just saying it, it's not grabbing me as much as the gameplay and quality of life stuff is grabbing me see that's 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 the thing is like i really was disappointed by horizon quite a bit when i played it last year um where the story was the only thing keeping me going because i just 
didn't really enjoy it. And I think I got I think I got a little bit overhyped on it because people continuously talked about how great it was and it's one of PlayStation's best games, uh, PlayStation 4's best exclusives. And I just was very disappointed in how kind of lackluster a lot of the combat felt for me. But you know, I, mm. that's cool that that's cool that um, it's hitting. It it seems to have hit for most people, but just not me. Uh, I actually have a question for you, Alex, on the subject of games that came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know, obviously, that you have a huge affinity for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Obviously, that was a very you know, significant game in your life. Yes. Um, where do you come down on Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity? This is a game that was announced a couple of weeks ago, and we discussed all pretty extensively on the podcast last week. And we all, pretty much everybody here... Uh, to varying degrees came down on we are looking forward to it but i'd have no clue whether or not you're looking forward to it and by extension what you thought of the original Hyrule warriors so i never played i've never played a one of the dynasty warrior games like any of them um but i really i thought the because the i love i i have a i do have an affinity for breath of the wild because of when i played it but i also don't love it like as a game all that much um but i thought one of the most interesting parts that i felt like was neglecting a lot was the story specifically what happens the hundred years before hyrule uh falls and so to have a game that takes place during that time during with these characters that i thought were interesting but just were never really explored all that much is actually very exciting and if it wasn't coming out in november i would be all for getting it I probably won't. I'll probably have to wait on it for a while. But I do think it's a. I think it's a great setting for a game, and I think it'll. I think it'll probably be the first Dynasty Warrior style game that I actually play, unless Persona Five Scramble comes out first, which it's not. Oh yeah, that's right. When is that game gonna uh, come? They out? haven't it's announced appara- a Western release date. It's out in the yeah, Japan. but mm-hmm. yeah, but apparently it's being localized. Is there was a there was a Atlas uh, report at some point that was like it is now being westernized. If if I had to uh, guess, or localized, give it a year, um, the year of the Persona Five Royal um, launch. So March next year. Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Okay, cool. All right. What else have you been up to, Cozy? I mean, Anything uh, else? other than that, like it, it's been a lot of working on improvements for my personal Twitch channel and uh, Press YYZ as well. I uh, I don't mm-hmm. believe I mentioned this yet. Right now, I have a new sub goal up on my Twitch channel. I'm trying to hit 15 subscribers. If I do that, I will host my first ever cooking stream because if you've been following me on Twitter, you'll know that I have really gotten into cooking as of late. I am going all out when it comes to the culinary arts and i figured you know why not combine my love of cooking with my love of streaming so if you want to do that and you have a few extra bucks to spare you know go over to my twitch channel and give me a sub if you don't want to give us some sub for monetary issues or whatever have you totally fine totally understandable i still want to figure out how to do like something involving cooking and streaming in the future uh regardless of my sub goal so look forward to that all the same (laughs) sorry kids today i don't yeah it's not a problem that's all right he's watching the stream and the mouse don't match the voices oh okay weird (laughs) so so what he's saying is yeah but what way? 
okay. It's fine. Whatever. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Um, Yo. Nathan. Oh, yeah. You play more uh, Tony Hawk? I'm doing a lot of Tony Hawk. I actually got inspired on Saturday because um, uh, I've been taking lots of clips mm-hmm. of some of those hard get there challenges and made my first YouTube video. Um, and now it's wow. been seen by 120 people. And actually one person uh, messaged me and told me that this actually helped them, which I thought was cool. So, Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it, 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 it's almost yeah. like they used it like a guide. Um, I taught myself how to combine the clips and like, I, I think I did pretty well. I put some words on it. Um, so yeah. I was pretty happy with it. Um, these are, you just use the, sh- no, the share uh, factory I downloaded a program for my computer called, uh, open shot. Um, and kind of did it on, I downloaded the okay. shots uh, via USB and then um, brought them to my computer and did all this. So these are some of the easier get there challenges mm-hmm. from the Tony Hawk 2. I'm trying to work on the one, the hard ones now because I did all the easy ones pretty easily. Um, and the hard ones in Tony Hawk 2 yeah. are insane, uh, especially the bull ring. That's the one I'm stuck on that apparently everybody has trouble with right now. So, uh, mm. yeah. Good to know. Yeah. I haven't picked up Tony Hawk anymore since I, the last time I played because I was busy oh, building a computer. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm I really want to get back to it at some point because it's it's it yeah it, it looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm like two still. trophies away from the platinum, uh, and one of them is getting those hard get there challenges, uh, which uh, I I'm coming to the fact that I might not be able to do one or two of them, uh, which is going to be disappointing that that's what's keeping me from yeah. getting the platinum. Um, so we'll see. And then the getting to a level 100, there almost isn't enough content to get your character to level 100. Uh, huh. So like people who are doing it are like, yeah, I really had to grow, just grind levels to get it. Listen, the my friend uh, Taylor, he was stuck with one achievement on the Xbox 360 version of Geometry yeah. Wars for years since it came out and he finally this year gave it another shot and was able to pull off the million point achievement so if he can if he can do that after years you know i i you if you stick with this i have no doubt that you'll eventually get i'm also you need to oh oh, go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i'm also also almost positive like people have talked like i know when i talk to you about it like they're probably going to add levels from three and four right so once they add that, that should fill in the gap that you need. Yeah, like and theoretically, I, I won't be too far off. Hopefully. I'm like level sixty-five or sixty-six right now. So um, by the time I'm done all the challenges, if I burn through some of the stuff, there's seven hundred challenges in the game. I've done about two hundred of them. I'll probably be oh. close to like eighty or ninety. So it'll just okay. be grinding those final ten-ish levels. But it really, I need to get these get there challenges, and um, a lot of them are really elegant and how they like you string the gaps together and then there's one or two and they're like who the fuck thought this up so yeah from experience Hmm. if you kind of get a little bit too frustrated there's nothing wrong with taking a little break i uh for many many years i put off the rogue legacy platinum because I just uh, kind of hit a bit of a brick wall and I was like, ah, this is going to be too challenging, too much of a grind. But in the end, me taking a break from the game for such an experience, such a kind of extended length of time allowed me to kind of clear my head and come into that game with a fresh new perspective that brought me the rest of the way to that platinum. So. Yeah, I know like when I was playing, um, what was, what's that, what was that puzzle game? Um, 
the the one after Braid. Oh, the witness. Jonathan the Blow witness. Made. The witness. That's it. I know there was there were some puzzles that like I, I I would try and try and complete on that, and then you know I couldn't, but I'd go to sleep and come back to it the next day, and suddenly it like in like three or four attempts, it just oh it clicks, and so you know same concept is possible here you're you just it's a right time right place right brain place i guess i don't know yeah anyway um anything uh, else been, anybody want to talk I'll about just quickly plug because i think it's so insane i should talk about it a game called fight fight crab mm-hmm. uh when i initially uh um, okay. got given the code for review i thought it was fight club and i'm like they're making a fight club video game because i saw it in this um I was really tired that night and saw, was in a stupor. Um, but this is a game where you play as crabs fighting other crabs with really cool weapons in really weird areas. Oh my god! Did I did I just see a uh, head crab uh, I don't in know, there? Maybe. Uh, that I'm, would be amazing. I'm just like, I'm just very early into it. But like, one stick controls the one arm, the other stick controls the other <laughs> arm. You can use your mm. D pad on the switch to move yourself around. Um, the um the r1 and r2 buttons um act as like uh either protruding forward or shielding wait that's not a crab that's a lobster well i think there might be lobsters in here too um mm. but fake <laughs> lobster game fake other but this is yeah it's it's i was like this is just interesting enough to weren't checking out uh so yeah i've been playing that for review i'm in some in some scenes, I'm getting um, what? What's the giant oh, bug Earth game? Earth Defense Force. My brain is fried today. Yeah, Earth Defense Force vibes, but then in others, you're like actually the size of a crab, and it makes sense, and that's that's super yeah. neat looking. Yeah, I, I'd I'd be interested. To I try think the that game out. looks like all jokes aside. I think the game looks a lot of fun as well. The only thing is that I do kind of get Surgeon Simulator vibes watching it, where yeah. a lot of the humor of the game is more the like awkwardness of controlling it than actually like the goat simulator. Oh yeah, or the goat or goat simulator where like a lot of the humor just comes from how ridiculous and difficult it is to control than how like well designed or tight it is of an experience. Would you say that it leans like uh, too far into like the goat simulator, surgeon simulator side of things, or is it not quite No, there? so actually I was gonna say it leans in. Actually I think the best analog is it reminds me of Octodad and trying to control the different arms. Okay. Uh, kind of with your because con- like each okay. stick is going to a different um, like hand and that kind of reminds me of what Octodad was but 100% um, it definitely gives a little bit of vibes of Surgeon Simulator or um, Goat Simulator uh, and Goat Simulator although I platinum Goat Simulator and it's a fantastic game um, oh yeah so, yes. so that mm. game is still a lot of fun it's just you know yeah 100% Some, like, sometimes you play one of these games and you're like oh, I wish I had a little bit more precise control over my movements. There's uh, d- like the crabs were y- wielding what I can only think are knockoff lightsabers. I don't know what you call those, beam swords. Uh, yeah, beam, beam swords. swords. Um, so like yeah, it's it's all over the place. I'm very early in it. Um, I need to spend some more time with it. But um, the embargo's it's been out for a little bit now, and I just got the code. So I was like, there's no embargo. I can at least bring it up. So. Hey. There you go. Um, well, um, really quickly before we move on to uh, anything else, um, 
I just wanted to bring up that um, ODST, Halo ODST Fire, uh, not fi just Firefight, but Halo 3 ODST is available in the Master Chief Collection on PC. Um, we we are aspiring, Mitch and I are aspiring to potentially play it. He, uh, Either he or myself may try and stream it um, at some point um, as he plays it for his first time. Uh, you guys are more than welcome Absolutely. to join. Absolutely. Uh, is this a multiplayer on game? Game Pass? Um, yeah, you can do. Uh, is it multiplayer? Four, it's four-player co-op campaign. I, I, th I think it's okay. I think it's four-player. I know I think, three was because yeah. like Halo Three was four-player. Yeah, Halo Three was ODST was, but also um, so was yeah. Fire I know Fight. Firefight for sure. Um, but but yeah, I I popped into. I didn't play any of the story, but I played uh, some Firefight and. Um, <laughs> The default controls that it sets up for your mouse are way too slow. Like, I had to move the full... I've got a big mouse pad, and I had to move it, like, the full width twice to turn halfway around. So move your sensitivity up to, like, 5 or something like that on your mouse, and it should be fine. Um, but, yeah, other than that, um, it, it still holds up, and it looks really good yeah. considering. So, yeah. Um, ODS 3, 3 did a good now. job again. Um, yeah. Finally, that's uh, that's like what yeah. two for uh, two for like twenty at this point. Yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> something like that. Ugh. Um, anything else anybody wanted to bring up or? I think we're. Good I will to just say, I I'm sorry. I will just say because uh, the reason one of the biggest reasons why I missed uh, the last two weeks is because I'm back in school. Um, so I might not be on as much. But that's because I am directing and sort of producing a documentary that I pitched in front of my entire year of students and it is specifically about accessibility in video games and friend of the show Ooh. Steve Saylor is the main subject of it so it's called Access Granted and that's where all my time is going so I'll I'll, I'll be Amazing. giving regular updates of where it is in production because it shoots next month and I'm very excited about ha this have I been I really I love the Amazing uh, my producer should be contacting you soon. Excellent. Uh, I yeah. really love the concept behind the poster for the movie, yes, by the way. Really oh, thank you. That was a, that was a five minute Photoshop job, but by the time that we actually, by the time that we actually make it, I'm going to get like an official like artist rendition of it. Right. Yeah. But thank you. I really appreciate awesome. it. And, um, if I remember correctly, uh, Steve Saylor, he just, um, he, he was just tweeting that uh, the Game Awards is adding yeah, a new... Yeah, an accessibility category. Um, a w accessibility ca category? Advancements in accessibility or something? That's to... For video games and uh, accessibility and giving them an award for that. That sounds pretty amazing, and I'm pretty sure this Last year it'll be... It kind of can't be anything else. Yeah, I think that's the one that inspired the category, so it yeah. should probably win. Yeah. Perfect. We can anyway, move on now. Um, I, I guess we Sweet. can move on to the news. Yes. Is that all right yeah. with everybody? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. All right. So uh, the first topic of news that we have here uh, is kind of a big one. Um, and it's actually going to be our topic of the show. But before the rest of the news and before we actually get to the proper topic of the show... Um, Let's talk about how Microsoft bought uh, Zenimax. Zen Zenimax, which 
under that umbrella means Bethesda, id, and all that other arcane, all that other fun stuff. How is this the Um, biggest Microsoft news this week when the Xbox Series X and S pre-orders went live? I don't get it, but this is awesome. (laughs) I love this. I love this aggressive Microsoft that we're getting. We're getting big dick money, Microsoft, and I love it. Oh my god, it's they are ready to fight. I wish they were this ready at the start of the year. Right? I wish, yeah. It it would have been really nice if they they did that at the start of the year. But, you know, what what is that what exactly does that mean for they 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 now essentially own the Elder Scrolls and Skyrim and Fallout and all that stuff under and doom yeah. and all that which means it's all going to be available yes. on game pass that that's Go ahead. Uh, oh mm-hmm. uh, Go ahead. sorry i just want to call Cozy? a quick time out do we want to move this to after we discuss all the other news stories and deals and whatnot or do we want to i think go into it right now i think that's probably a good idea i, ju- I just want i just wanted to give a, a just kind of a, a summed up version of the news story um and and everybody's quick opinions and then we can get at the end of the show to the topic of the show where we talk more about it is that all right uh i mean my kind of quick opinion is that i feel very missed about it i I don't like i don't outright hate it i don't like look at it with just like utter disgust but i do it, it feels incredibly weird knowing that microsoft uh just got its hands around one of the biggest third-party video game developers and publishers in the industry and i Mm -hmm. well i think that there is good to come from this i also can't help but feel like this will set a precedent that could lead to some bad things yeah it's it's definitely Mm -hmm. a slippery slope for sure um yeah no i'm kind of on the same opinion uh we'll get into it a bit later but um I think this ensures mm-hmm. that I was going to cancel X, uh, Game Pass on PC because I really haven't been using it that much. Um, so maybe, yeah, so maybe I'll keep it. But it's still worth it. it. Um, I don't Actually. know. I just, if I'm not using it, is it worth it? I guess that's the big question. Yes. Um, well, money. but if I'm not using it, should I be paying the money? So that's where I'm at right now. Um, I And I really took yeah. stock of what I'd be missing if I wasn't playing Bethesda games. And the honest truth is it came down to two franchises that I play. And they're um, The Elder Scrolls and uh, Fallout. Those are really the only two franchises from Bethesda I care about. Um, so, like, mm-hmm. eh. um, I think I think as a third party in general... Um, it's like they they haven't produced as much good and i think in recent years have had worse like declining quality in a lot of their product uh huh i and that's the thing i feel like with microsoft money behind them they can finally get the upgrades to the creation they didn't have money problems before though like they sell skyrim on the google alexas and they may not have had money problems but they've had internal budget problems where they're not necessarily allocated the budget into the right area so, it's a whole thing yeah but I, um i disagree like i think bethesda game studios has that problem of declining quality but i think the rest of bethesda and all the studios that fall under that like we'll get more into this later but like i like just prefacing like the the studios that are under bethesda are kind of incredible and some of the best in the industry at least in my opinion like especially when we're talking about like arcane yeah. and id and they've been doing nothing but bangers the last like the last at least five years. So I don't know. This is this is huge, and we can talk more about it soon. 
Anyway, moving on to number two on the list we have here. Um, a, I have a, an article here from uh, Vice Gaming. Patrick Klepek uh, wrote an article called A Worker-Owned Game Studio Rises from the Wreckage of Skullgirls Developer. So go over to Vice Gaming. Give that story a click. Um, the TLDR on it is essentially um, the, the developer of uh, Skullgirls... Um, kind of went through their own me too sort of issue um and uh a lot of the uh developers uh voluntarily left um 16 of them i believe uh that's the the total banded together and decided to create their own studio but the interesting thing about it is this new studio is they're taking a new approach they're going to run it like a co-op um now because of stupid um, health insurance laws. It's not going to be an official co-op in the United States um, because uh, health insurance companies do not recognize a co-op company, um, you know, as like an official way to run a business because uh, capitalism. Blah. Um, but specifically, the what what they're going, what they're going to do, what what a co-op means in this instance is that everybody who works there is worth the same amount, um, effectively. Um, like artists, programmers, everybody. They're going to be making and paying themselves equally, right? And they're going to, every single person who works there is going to have a vote and a say in the direction a company, the company itself goes. And I think that's a very interesting, uh, fu the, 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 the new company is called Future Club, by the way. And I think it's a very interesting, um, new direction to take video games uh in general because you know you've heard you've heard a lot uh over the years of um crunch and uh people getting overworked and whatnot and hopefully this is a, a good way of them being able to self-govern themselves um into not overdoing it and taking care of themselves first before they work themselves to death any anybody have any thoughts on that? Uh, I think it'll be good for them. Oh, go ahead. One of you. All right. Yeah, I just want to say good for them. Uh, I'm happy that they got out of that toxic situation, and hopefully, we'll set a precedent that other developers will learn from and you know execute in their own fashion. Yeah. No. Uh, similar mm -hmm. thoughts. I'm curious to see how the co-op structure works in the long term. Um, there's another game studio that I think has done something similar to that. Um, it's the developers for Dead Cells. Okay. I don't remember what they're they're called. Um, but yeah, no, it's neat. Um, and I'm glad uh, they're able to take something that was toxic and hopefully turn into something pretty cool because I know people really like Skullgirls. So, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, Alex? Yeah, like I just, I think that this is going to be a, it'll be really interesting to see how, how it goes. Um, like, like what Nathan was saying, like the developers for Dead Cells, they've been relatively successful at it, but we haven't seen very many other people follow. And so getting more examples of like how to just fundamentally restructure game studios and see like getting examples of like, does it, how does it work this way or does it need to be tweaked in other ways? Because there's a lot of problems in this industry and, you know hopefully we find solutions for some of these problems yeah that'd be nice 
All right. Um, moving on, I'm actually going to hand number three over to Perfect. you, Alex, because you're probably the most up uh, this game's ass. knowledgeable yes. on this subject specifically. So, uh, go so ahead and take it uh, last week there was, I think it was on Thursday, yeah, there are, yeah, Thursday there was, or, I can't remember if it's Thursday or Friday. Regardless, there was, um, there was the uh, Cyberpunk Night City episode three, which is probably the best one out of the three that they've done so far. It feels like it had the most like kind of in-depth look at the game without being it was yes. very lore and if you're into that shit then yeah. it like struck all the right chords uh but as well what came from night city episode three was the fact that they have the pc requirements for cyberpunk 2077 and for the most part it's kind of what i expected um because this game has to run on a base playstation 4 and a base xbox one it's going to be able like the 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 recommended settings are the or not the recommended the um minimum requirements is a 7080 which if i'm not mistaken came out in like 2013 so it's around it was like it was mm-hmm. like that it was high end hardware for for that year like during that time and so you know it makes sense that's a that's a 8 year old card or whatever and it's still running on 8 year old hardware so it makes it makes a lot of sense um, I wasn't expecting to see anything like crazy with it, but because of the scalableness of PC gaming just in general, uh, we are still going to be able to see a lot of the really cool stuff like RTX lighting with, with Cyberpunk. Like, this game is going to look great, but it's also kind of still on the cusp of what would be considered like next-gen hardware. Can I, can I ask a question, Alex? Yeah. Sure. Uh, as somebody who's still new to PC gaming, as he's built a PC recently... Um, when it's mm-hmm. asking for an NVIDIA GTX 10, what did it say, 1060 as a minimum graphics 1060, card? 1060, yeah. If I have a, That's, yeah, the recommended If I settings. have a 1650 graphics card, is that fine? It's not an RTX one? Uh, yeah, like, it, it's going to be able to, it, like, it doesn't require an RTX, like, obviously, our, like, ray tracing lighting won't be in your version of Cyberpunk, but yeah, like, it falls within, like, this, this, kind of wide gap of like what video cards you can potentially run on it and if i'm not like if i'm not mistaken like yours is going to be able to run it like you like our forza horizon is one of the best looking games at least on at least i think so it looks incredible and you seem to have ran that no problem so i i fully suspect that you would be able to run Cyberpunk no problem. Well, and I guess the second question is, now they're talking the PS5, Xbox, Series X upgrades are going to yeah. come after the launch. Yeah. Right? Like, they're just selling the PS4 mm-hmm. version, Xbox One versions, I guess, and then we don't yeah. know when at some unspecified time there'll be a PS5 upgrade. And I'm almost wondering if I should just wait mm-hmm. for the PS5 upgrade to play. See, that's... <laughs> that's a little bit in the same boat that i'm in kind of because i um we didn't really talk about it but i also like you guys talked about it last week but i also managed to get my pre-order for the playstation 5 Mm -hmm. this week i did the xbox series x pre-order and i have a pretty decent pc i'm trying to start to separate my work from my play so that's kind of why i decided i'm gonna get both consoles but now i'm also at this crossroad of like i think if you're gonna play the game like 
I'm dead set on playing the game day one, so I'm probably going to get it on PC because PC is still going to have the best possible version of yeah. it, even if I do decide to play it on my PS5 or Xbox Series X. But if you are like, if you know that, like, say you're going to play Assassin's Creed that week or just not be able to get to Cyberpunk because it is a huge time investment, I would say honestly just wait till the next gen version because the next gen version will probably have the ray tracing lighting like i don't i i think it's day one on pc but i i can't confirm that specifically but like the next gen version will have like these just enhancements that um because cd project red as well like they they did like when the xbox one x came out and the playstation 4 pro they did a updated version of the witcher 3 so they're in for like supporting it to making it the best possible version so if you were gonna wait anyway then just wait for the ps5 okay. version that's probably what i'll end up doing then okay cool just curious yeah yeah and theoretically you could also then buy the playstation 4 version of cyberpunk and then it should have the because it's got the smart delivery or whatever it is on the playstation one mm-hmm. and then you'll be able to get the enhanced version no matter what and by that time by the time that that comes out it probably will be pretty cheap to to get at some point or like it'll go on sale sweet yeah good to know can't wait um yeah yeah no for sure um i i think it's the one thing i'm anticipating for the rest of the year uh personally uh, especially seeing as Mm -hmm. i just built this computer which i'm going to keep saying because i'm very proud of myself I did not fry it this time. Um, All right. Moving on. Uh, News story number four. There is a big rumor going around, and it's sort of... It's making its rounds at the moment. Um, There's apparently going to be a Metal Gear Solid remake. Asterisk, asterisk. We don't know if this is actually going to happen quite with any certainty. Potentially. I mean, I feel like... We've been hearing I, rumors and whatnot of a Metal Gear Solid remake for what a decade now. I I, I yeah. feel like I'm I'm more convinced to believe that this is real now because we did get the uh, remake of Demon Souls not too long but, ago, and I feel like we're living in an era where this sort of announcement feels more and more plausible. But we still need to add an asterisk asterisk to the end of that statement. But do you think because Demon Souls is real that this would make it? Um... Like, that, um, like, because the rumor has been, like, at least previously that it's going to be Bluepoint who who does it, but Bluepoint clearly is busy doing Demon Souls, and they wouldn't have their next thing be ready anytime soon. Is, is Bluepoint just one team? Do we know that? I thought, yeah, I think it's, I, I know they're based in Austin, if I'm not mistaken. Or is it Dallas? It's one of it's it's somewhere in Texas, but I don't actually know if they have two teams. I'm gonna, I mean, so it, it should be noted that this rumor comes. Uh, well, the story on the rumor that we sourced is Push Square. However, the rumor itself comes from the YouTube channel Red Gaming Tech, which I'm not familiar with, but apparently has given some accurate leaks in the past. And apparently, the source that they got this uh, rumor from has been pretty accurate in the past so yeah remains to be seen uh the article seems to imply and i agree with this that if a metal gear solid remake were to happen it would probably be developed in-house at konami or maybe farmed out to like a subsidiary of konami which i think makes a lot of sense imo uh 
And, and um, I know that there's reason to be apprehensive because, you know, the last Metal Gear Solid game they made, Metal Gear Solid Survive, was kind of a mess. But I think that... I don't know if that counts. With the right focus, I think that this has the potential to be a solid game. Whether it will capture the magic of the original Metal Gear Solid, I think, is a much, much harder task. Okay, what is the one thing that a Metal Gear Solid remake needs for it to be I'm not going to say successful because it's just because it says Metal Gear Solid on the cover it's going to be successful um, what does it need to be good what does a remake in in like the 2020s need for Metal Gear to be good I, I Alex, think start it with needs to be on the they either need to go like the and I don't know if this would piss Metal Gear fans off um, but mm. like go like either either end of like the spectrum of good remakes that we've gotten as of recently so either go Final Fantasy 7 remake and take the world and those characters maybe recontextualize it but still keep the essence of what made Metal Gear special or go the other end and do a complete faithful remake like the rose tinted glasses version of that game like um like tony hawk or like um um crash or spyro like make the best possible version of of metal gear solid one i don't know how they would do that at least like i don't know how they would do it to some extent to things like how would you do psychomantis in 2020 or 2021, like, how would you do that when you can't have the multiple yeah. controller points? Link your Spotify <laughs> and it reads your playlist or yeah. something. I don't so, know. So, can I jump off both of these points? Of I, I agree that, like, yeah, like, if they want this remake to be successful, they have to go either one of those two ways. I think I would be especially interested if they were to go to the Final Fantasy VII remake route, though, where mm -hmm. I think that a Metal Gear Solid remake that is basically at its core about remaking Metal Gear Solid 1 more than just being a straight remake of the game has potential to be really interesting. You brought up Psycho Mantis, Alex. Mm -hmm. I feel like if Metal Gear Solid 1 were to get a Final Fantasy VII style remake, Psycho Mantis could play a very interesting role where oh, yeah, in the original right. Metal Gear Solid, he's a character that is able to break the fourth wall. He's sort of aware that he's in a video game. He reads your memory card. Yeah. In a remake of Metal Gear Solid, I'd totally imagine Psycho Mantis being aware that he's in a remake, potentially even being aware of the events of the game, what are going to happen, and a lot of interesting stuff happening as a result of that. Maybe because he knows what's going to happen, yeah. he kind of modifies the plan okay. of the unit that he's part of, and that kind of drastically alters the flow and plot of the game this is yeah, just like yeah. pure fanfic yeah, speculation on my part but like i think that you have a lot of interesting potential there imo mm. so cozy kind of that was what cool. i was thinking i was like uh, metal gear solid's kind of an insane game and i've never really played any of them uh but i know the story's insane and it would be interesting um like i've seen other stories do in the past where it can kind of like it's happened before and they know it's happened before but they're in a different universe or something. So, and have have like mm -hmm. this, like... Uh, like, you remember in this first Star Trek movie? Uh, not the... Like, the when they remade them uh, with Chris Yeah, Pine, the Abrams ones, yeah. And they made clear right. that they knew that they were the parallel universe in the movie. Yeah. Something like that, where it's self-referential, and maybe somebody from you... the first game comes through and changes things. You, 
you could call it the MGS PKU, the post Kojima <laughs> universe. That that you, you definitely have something there. Uh, for me personally, I think um, at, at minimum, I would like to see them utilize that beautiful MGS five Phantom Pain Fox engine, engine yeah. and the Fox engine, and just put put MGS one in there and let's see, see what you can do with it. I remember, I remember, like it was like either the year after Kojima uh, left or like so, like very shortly after he left, there was like this clip going around Twitter of a pachinko machine in Japan that has that's a Metal Gear Solid one and it has like the the final like confrontation between Boss and, and Naked Snake, um, and it's like done in the Fox engine and it looks incredible. And so right. they they've done that before, and so if this is you know that would be that engine is so good that they it's kind of going to waste in a lot of respects. I would love to see, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see the iconicness of Metal Gear Solid One in that engine. Absolutely. Anyway, um, moving on to the final story that we have, it should be a, a real quick one. Um, Xbox again in the news. Uh, they now allow you to preload games before inserting a disc. So, for example, let's say you didn't buy a, a game digitally, but you pre-ordered it at your local EB Games, um, and you excitedly go to the midnight launch, and you wanted to get home and play it right away, but, oh, you gotta install it, and you gotta wait for, like, two hours for the, the whole thing to install onto the disc, because they can't get the play-as-you-load feature correct on anything, and they keep screwing that up for some reason. What you can do now is just install the game onto your console, and when you get the disc, you put the disc in, and you can play right away. So, that is a very um, consumer-friendly feature for sure. What do you guys uh, think? Any, I think it's input? awesome for me pre-ordering games and waiting for them to be delivered. Like, I'm all digital, Absolutely. so it wouldn't affect me regardless. Because um, it's just preloaded normally. but Because it's just preloading for disc games, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So think of it. Think, well... For, it says four disc games, but that that's like the, the one of the use cases. Think of it this way as well. You can go on to the digital store, right? And, hey, this game is coming out soon. I don't know how I feel about it. I want to wait for the reviews to come out. So you preload it, and then if you read the reviews and you're like, hey, I want to play this, it's right there. It's ready to go. Instead of, hey, I want to play this, then you have to spend two hours downloading it, and then your okay. desire to play it is um, Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That, that's a use case. Um, so, just quickly uh, before we move on to the final segment, um, I was just curious everybody's thoughts yep. on um, the pre-orders for PlayStation versus the pre-orders for Xbox, um, and how that turned out, and yep. what everybody thought. Because I know there was a lot of heat on PlayStation last week for how it rolled out. In all fairness, it wasn't a great rollout, and they had to apologize for it. Um, but I know Xbox had a plan for yesterday morning, but it seemed like bots were able to get a lot of those Xboxes and people and like everybody knowing at the same time kind of crashed a lot of the websites. So what's everybody's thoughts on that? There, 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 were, there was something else that I saw where um, it, it's been found out that in the in the States, a lot of GameStop employees 
were buying all the pre-orders oh, really? so that they can scalp them for more. Yeah, that's that's something that's uh, just starting to go around too. Um, in, in general, I think they. I mean, it would have been nice if the the PlayStation pre-orders went up when they said they would go up instead of somebody somebody tripped and pushed the button and then yeah. oh fuck everybody pushed the button. Um, that would have been nice. I think Xbox handled it uh, and all the those places handled it about as well as to be expected. I mean, it would be nice if they boosted their servers a lot more in anticipation of this, even for the one day it's available. Yeah. But, you know, they didn't do that. And what? Why would they? Well, how about you make a good <laughs> customer experience? That'd be yeah. nice. All and I can all I can say is because I other... pre-ordered both the place even with the the chaoticness of the PlayStation one I um that one was a fucking breeze to get my pre-order in for that where it's because nobody yeah. knew it was happening where the Xbox one yeah. everybody was ready yeah. for it so at the same I time, I spent an right? hour in frustration like at at work just trying to get this Xbox and having three computers and it was a nightmare but to be fair there's kind of no winning this situation I think. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Let's cool. move on. All right. Um, that's it for the news. So let's go to read slash watch all the things. Um, I've still got uh, high score from Netflix in here, uh, which I mentioned last week. It's still really good. Uh, I'm not finished it yet. Uh, my girlfriend and I, Rachel, uh, got up to just we just saw the preview for the doom episode so i'm really excited to uh get to watch that with her again that would be fantastic um the next thing on the list we have here is mitch's uh vod of his wedding which you can watch at twitch.tv slash mr mitch george um next uh apparently princess peach is already married cozy did you put this yeah in here? Uh, again i didn't put this as like an official news story because it's not really the kind of thing it's not <laughs> to talk about as official news yeah. but yeah apparently it was recently rediscovered uh from a nintendo licensed book uh from the early days of the mario franchise that mario uh actually witnessed princess peach's wedding where she got married to this other swordsman like character who you can see a little bit in this illustration over here so go to crunchyroll.com mm -hmm. and check out the article to get the full scoops on uh, who Princess Peach is actually already married to. Uh, and I also wanted to huh. briefly mention that chances are you may have already seen this on the internet. Uh, if not, uh, Blizzard's former boss, uh, Mike Morhaime, uh recently launched Dreamhaven, which uh, this Kotaku article describes as sounding like Blizzard 2.0. Uh, obviously remains to be hmm. seen what kind of games the studio is going to be making but i i'm happy to see that mike morhaime is you know still keeping busy uh and is not letting uh him stepping down from ceo of blizzard you know dispel his passion for games uh especially considering that you know right now blizzard is in a very strange strange place mm -hmm. so yeah uh go and get the deets on that studio if that is of interest to you and you want to see more of that blizzard uh, magic in the future under a roof that you know is not entrenched in some pretty serious problems yeah absolutely sounds awesome um all right and then i think 
I'm not sure who put this in here. Uh, oh boy, uh, it looks uh, like there's. Uh, so here's the thing. This is uh, not a like not safe for work warning, but we we need to give some sort of warning before we show this tweet. Okay. I guess a, um, a parental advisory uh, warning. Children, avert your eyes. They're Nathan, well send your kids to bed, please. Yeah. This is all right. Three. Okay, great. Two, one. So yeah, basically, I, I did. By the way, I did not put this tweet in the doc. Somebody else did. Okay. But uh, yeah, the Fall Guys Twitter revealed what the Fall Guys looked like underneath their skin, and uh, this is their skeleton, and they. This looks the what I would expect. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. It adds up. Yeah, it's horrifying. Um, go to the Fall Guys game Twitter um, and scar yourselves. You know what? Uh, this actually, the more I think it. about it, the more this makes sense because um, they've got all this cushiony thing around them for all the time they fall. This is like they've evolved by falling so much that they've yeah. built up this thick skin around them. This makes a lot of sense. I'm pro this. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. just the, the Fall sure. Guys social media... Yeah. Amazing. I love it. A plus. Absolutely. One of the best. They've been nailing it. And uh, finally, finally, uh, in read watch, slash watch all the things, um, 30, 90 pre-orders go live at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Uh, Toronto time. Uh, bots are ready and standing by to snipe all of those and sell them for three times as much. Um, that's the NVIDIA... RTX 3090 graphics cards that I'm referring to. So Sorry, all you um, audio listeners who, you, who missed it by, like, six days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure there will be more. NVIDIA said there would be. Um, all right. Um, yeah. Let's get into reigning deals. I just want to take a moment to plug uh, some more. Uh, somebody uh, commented that, we like, we don't plug them enough already, but... L. Babbins on uh, Twitter seems to be a very good place right now. If you missed out on pre-ordering pre any of the new consoles, um, I scroll I scrolled down a bit, and you know, within hours of even this podcast, they mentioned a, a few different places. Hey, this place has Xbox One. Uh, uh, Xbox One. Now I'm doing it. Great. Good naming, guys. Uh, Xbox Series S is up for for sale again and stuff like that. So uh, definitely check that uh, out. That is capital L, lowercase b a b i n z on Twitter. Uh, and if you need a console, you might be able to find one that way. Um, yeah, turn on the turn on the notifications. Uh, Mitch says in chat. Only do that great. when you're looking for something specific, because otherwise it blows up your phone. Yeah, you'll kill your battery. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, Nathan, you put uh, the Epic Game Store $14 yep. credit, which we already spoke about uh, in here. Um, yeah. Uh, and that goes until, believe, you said, October. But the credit has to be used by November something. 1st. So there yeah, is a date so, on it. Okay. So, yeah. So add Rocket League to your Epic Game Store library. It's literally free. It costs you nothing, and you get $14 in Epic Game Store credit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, with that, I think it's time we move over to the topic of the show. And 
Cozy, this was your idea, so I'm going to hand it off to you. Yeah, so my idea was, you know, obviously, since Microsoft acquired Bethesda at the beginning of this week, a lot of people have talked extensively about what it means for the future of the industry. Obviously, a lot of people have talked about, you know, what it means for all the various video game franchises that Bethesda owns. But I feel like a lot of the discussions that I've seen about this have been in very kind of broad strokes. And so what I figured we'd do for the topic of the show uh, would be to go over each and every one of Bethesda's video game franchises individually, talk briefly about our experience and opinions of each, and get into, now that these are Microsoft franchises and not just Bethesda franchises, what does it mean for them going forward? What, How do we think that they're going to change? And finally, of course, do we think that they're going to remain landlocked to Microsoft's uh, ecosystem? Or do you think that Microsoft will be willing to play ball a little bit and let them see the light of day on Nintendo and Sony's consoles as well. So I wanted to kick off the discussion by talking about personally what I think is the most important of Bethesda's franchises, The Elder Scrolls. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, we all know that The Elder Scrolls 6 is somewhere on the horizon. And an opinion that I read a little bit here and there was, so now that Microsoft purchased Bethesda, do you think that Microsoft is going to try to kind of grease the wheels a little bit and be like, hey, Bethesda, let's try and fast track the Elder Scrolls 6 as much as possible and get that out sooner. Do you think that's at all a plausible thing or do you think that they're kind of just going to let Bethesda go to the beat of their own Uh-oh. drum? I forward? think because Starfield comes first, correct? Uh-oh. They Yes. Right. That's the current plan. Yeah, I moment. think they just keep going with Starfield. I think they're well into production on that. Um, and you kind of let um, uh, Elder Scrolls sit six sit a while. Like, let's be honest. There's going to be a PS5 slash um, Xbox One or Series X version of Skyrim, anyways, coming. So they can let that settle um, for a little while longer and just keep working on Starfield. Yeah, I f- I fully uh, agree with that. Like, I just I I see this move being. Um, like I, I just see this move that Microsoft has made as just being a uh, like, like, um, like I they've taken a very hands off approach on a lot of things, and this is like the Bethesda Game Studios especially has pro- like specifically Skyrim and um, Skyrim and Fallout Four like those did exceptionally well, so I feel like Microsoft's just gonna kind of you know just see what happens with with Starfield. I think. I genuinely don't, especially with Phil Spencer in the lead, I just don't see them meddling too much with a proven studio like Bethesda Game Studios. Hmm. Uh, I think all three of us want to hear what AJ has to say about this. Unfortunately, it would appear that, oh, AJ just died and now he completely got disconnected from her phone call. So in the meantime, let's give Mr. Mitch George a call and see what he thinks. Are we, what? Is anyone calling him? I thought Cozy, oh, am I calling him? I can call. Uh, Give me a second. Sorry, I didn't know I was prompt to do that. (sighs) This is uh, all but very Now, to be fair, to be fair, I believe that AJ was the one that called him earlier before. Yeah, but I believe you said AJ, don't call me. So, (laughs) Uh, give me a second. 
Uh, here we go. I got it. I got it. Okay, we're gonna do this. By the way, I'm aware that the Twitter uh, handles are not correct. Uh, one four one. Oh wait, I probably shouldn't say the number. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he actually said seven three nine. In case anybody wants to remember what he just All said. All right, I got him a speakerphone. I'm gonna have him close to the mic. All right, let's do this. What do you want? This is amazing. Hello, is Mitch there? This is he. Hi, you're uh, live on Press YYZ. I know this is unusual for you, but we've decided to call you directly from our cell phone to you to get your opinion. Uh, so, Cozy, what was your question? Great. It seems greatly inappropriate given I am on my honeymoon, but okay. I mean, I mean, so, like, first off, before we talk about Bethesda and Microsoft, all right, how are you doing, Mitch? Can't how are you, you doing, Mitch? Uh, I, I'd be better if I was not here right now, but that's fine. All right, Mitch doesn't want to talk. Oh. No, no, I'm here to talk. What's up? Um, okay, so we're curious about how things are going. Tell Carmen we say hi. You guys say hi. Says hello. Um, so we're curious about your thoughts on the purchase of uh, micro of Bethesda by Microsoft and what your thoughts are on. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, both Satya Nadella and Don Howard have said that Bethesda Game Studios and ZeniMax will continue to run semi-autonomously and will be publishing their own games rather than them being published under the Microsoft Game Studios banner. Yep. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I do think that we will get to a point where Bethesda Game Studios titles and their flagships of Elder Scrolls, Fallout, what have you, will still remain multi-platform because that will make them a lot of money but they'll be Game Pass day one, so you have more incentive to go Xbox or PC when picking up those titles. Ah. I think everything else, so anything coming out of Arcane or Id or whatever the case might be, will be exclusive, and it's going to be so cool to see how this shapes next-gen. Yeah, uh, okay, well, no, that's really fair. Um, I'm excited to see what exactly is going to happen here with it. Um, that's a good take. And I think you are echoing a lot of the things that I'm thinking as well as what's going to happen here. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Right. Cozy, any more yeah. questions for Mitch? Uh, what's the coolest thing that you ate within the past week or so? What's the coolest thing you've eaten within the past week or so? Uh, I had a chocolate-covered brownie tonight in that it was encased in uh, like solid chocolate, which was very, very sweet. Um, uh, what else have we had to eat this week? We had steak tonight that was quite good. Uh, AJ apparently has a picture of our meal tonight, so once he's able to rejoin y'all, he may be able to share that with the, with the, with the group. Um, yeah, no, we've just been taking it easy, hiking, I will. You know, enjoying nature being stuck in Canada instead of being in Italy where we wanted that be for our honeymoon but you know you make do with what you got and I'm still oh. so happy I was able to marry my best friend and I am going to ignore you guys for the next two weeks because uh, yeah I can and you guys got this so enjoy the rest of the show and I'll talk to you guys soon alright has the has the marriage gone downhill yet I know that happens sometimes I mean, we, we we hiked downhill today, if that counts, but we're already bickering and, and uh, fighting like old people do, so it just seems like any other marriage. 
All right, good. Oh, well, congratulations on the marriage again, Mitch. Uh, we all miss you. you. We'll you. see you back uh, next week. I believe next week's topic of the show, um, we haven't discussed this yet, is going to be um, uh, Mitch's best moments. Uh, uh, except the fact that I won't be here next week either. Yeah, no, that's why no. we're doing it without you here. Uh, in a oh, Rankum style, sense. Mitch's best moments um, uh, from our long history of 30 years with you. So, or 34 weeks, but yeah, sure. Okay, we'll go with that. There might be a lot of made-up stuff on the list. So, I, I would, I would expect nothing less from one of our terribly structured and usually incorrect lists. Uh, they're always correct. Uh, I would like to point out, uh, for the record, that WWE 13 made the list for best narrative games. I don't know how that could be more correct. So, all right, well, Mitch, go enjoy your honeymoon. Uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Uh, which isn't much. So have fun. <laughs> Bye. Oh, he's what gone. Is, did, did I he don't know. He's gone? me. So I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. What, what Mitch doesn't realize is that uh, our episode next week is actually going to be about the best Mitch moments from all the people throughout history that have been called Mitch. So it's not just going to be Mitch George. It's also going to be Mitch McConnell, <laughs> uh, Mitch Hurwitz. <laughs> So, look forward to that. Does that mean we get to discuss... Yeah, we can hear you. You guys can hear yes, me all right sir. now? Yeah, Does we that can mean hear. we can discuss Arrested Development? Because I'm very pro this. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's a good point. We can probably do that one as well. Uh, AJ, we're very happy that you managed Fine. to escape from the Phantom Zone. We were concerned for a second we yeah. weren't going to be able to recover you, but it seems like you got out. My my internet just decided to stop. Did you see the, did you see the lovely no screen reason. capture where it you happened. stopped? I did. Thank you for showing me that. So, uh, the yeah. Well, I ahead. just want to ask: uh, Did you have any particularly hard thoughts on the Elder Scrolls going forward? Uh, on the Elder Scrolls specifically, like, I think that's at the very least that and Fallout, like the one franchise um, they can't monopolize to one console as much as they might like to. Um, I think. Elder Scrolls specifically, like, you've got Oblivion, which is where I started um, playing it. Um, it, it's oddly special in a, in a, in a, it kind of brought Western RPGs uh, kind of to the forefront, and that's, like, sort of where Bethesda got their big start mm -hmm. with Oblivion. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I played the shit out of Skyrim, um, obviously, and I can't wait to play it some more. Um, and the, uh, with, with Xbox, um, if I'm not mistaken, you can't do uh, mods in the PS4 version yeah. of the... In, in the PS4 version of uh, Skyrim, you can't... Or Fallout 4, you can't do mods. But on the Xbox One version, you can. Um, and so even still that's more beneficial hmm. so that's something i was actually reading about which is that now that microsoft has greater control over the elder scrolls are we going to be able to see uh modders on the pc version of the game being able to mod it as freely as they were able to before or is microsoft really going to clamp down on that kind of stuff well they pr they're probably going to clamp down on it as much as they have already clamped down on the you know, console version like Huh? Alex, do you have something to share with the <laughs> no, class? No, I uh, I was 
distracted. Um, I I kind of disagree with you guys on the sense of uh, Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls not being exclusives. I really genuinely believe that Microsoft is gonna fully like they're in. They've got contractual obligations clearly with Sony about or like Microsoft is. We don't know what the deal is with Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, but I believe once those two games are out, Microsoft is going to seize this and make this... Like, they own RPGs now. Like, or at least Western RPGs, more specifically. Like, yeah. like they own the the almost, like, all the best studios for Western RPGs. Sony is kind of lacking in, like, pure RPG, because obviously all of their games have the elements to it. But I just... Mm. I, I can't imagine a world where Microsoft is going to... like. Obviously, Skyrim will probably get re-released on PS5 if it's not backwards compatible, whatever that means. But, like, I feel like all the mm-hmm. ones going forward are going to totally be on just Xbox I, and PC. I don't think so. I think they're putting... Well, the the one angle... Yeah. Sorry. No, the the, the one angle that, that we're, we haven't looked at is that, at the very least, anything that may be cross-platform the lead platform is going to be xbox which means theoretically like if you think back to the 360 ps3 that was typically the better version the more optimized version was the the i feel like though that was also because of the the cell processor cell processor yeah where this is going where this generation is probably the close i mean i can't say that with like definite fact but they're it's closer than it was during that generation so i don't know if like that's going to be the selling point anymore that they can use mm-hmm. i think it's just i think game pass is just going to be that selling point to play it on xbox from like yeah. Phil spencer's side at this point it seems like a no-brainer to do launch them on ps5 but still show the value of having them in Game Pass and trying to get Game Pass subscriptions, but sell them a PS5 for 70 bucks. Um, I yeah. don't think the games mm. are going to be enough to sway people over to buy a whole console. So they'll still want to get their money out of that. It'll bring some people, It'll but bring it's not going to be this drastic uh, flip. Because I think when you... Like, everybody probably has one or two franchises they like out of them, but nobody's like, every franchise in from Bethesda I must play. So I think it, each franchise will be affected slightly differently on it, um, but I think it's a no-brainer to keep them on PC and console at the same or um, uh, Xbox and PlayStation. But charge the seventy bucks or yeah, it's seventy bucks US a game that they're going to charge and still push the value of Game Pass at the same time. Um, not to mention Microsoft released uh, Minecraft Dungeons Fuck. on all the platforms, including PlayStation. They've just pushed uh, PSVR Minecraft update out to PSVR. So it, they sh- have shown that they can release games on there. And um, they've said that they're going to honor the exclusivity for um, um, the two games, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and yeah, De- uh, uh, Deathloop. Death thank you. Um, so they're honoring that exclusivity mm. for the full year. So um, they m- might see the sales numbers and go that, but I think it's a no-brainer that they again, they, they won't keep the, the at least again. three major games of Bethesda Studio games exclusive. They'll uh, those will be appearing. So, okay, so the sense I get across the board is that it seems like we're all in agreement that both the Elder Scrolls and Fallout, at least the main core entries of those series, will not remain platform exclusive to Microsoft. We'll likely continue to see them uh, exist within the PlayStation ecosystem as well. How do we feel, though, about 
the potential of like spin-offs of the Elder Scrolls or of Fallout being exclusive to oh well, that's too bad <laughs> so, sorry AJ he got sucked into the Phantom Zone again yeah uh while uh, while AJ is escaping from the Phantom Zone, how do we feel though about the prospect of Elder Scrolls or Fallout side stories spinoffs uh, appearing exclusively on Microsoft's platforms? So, like, what do you mean by like when it comes to like Fallout? Like, cause does like when it comes to like Fallout side uh, games, the only one that's been under Bethesda is Fallout New Vegas. Would you consider that a side game that would be ex- that would get the exclusivity, or would it be? something completely different just like another game in that universe when i think about fallout side stories i think of things like uh, most recently something like fallout 76 but also like to go back in time stuff like fallout tactics where it's like a completely different genre of game than what you're kind of typically used to stuff like that nature Mm -hmm. that being said it would be like a huge get if they announce hey fallout new vegas 2 is coming and it's exclusively to microsoft but I consider New Vegas to be part of the Fallout, main, sorry. like, core Fallout canon. Okay. And thus, based on that, I would think that it would go on PlayStation as well. Right. Okay. Yeah, I just know that, like, I, like Bethesda doesn't really look on New Vegas all too much because they obviously didn't make it. Uh, and everyone says that one's the, the better one. So I was just kind of wanting to clarify what your definition it is the better of one. that would be. I think New Vegas is probably the best 3D follow game that they've released Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. 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 And, like, there hasn't really been any Elder Scrolls side games besides Blades, but that was, like, a phone game that then got ported right. to, to Switch. So I just, I don't know if that's, because Bethesda, besides New Vegas, uh, they like, it seems they like to keep those franchises kind of close to the chest. And so if their bread and butter is making, you know, a Bethesda RPG, then I think they're going to kind of continue doing that. I mean, we're seeing that at least for the next decade from them between Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six. Mm. All right. Well, I mean, it, it remains to be seen. I um, mm-hmm. So Minecraft Dungeons, was that available on other non-Microsoft yes, platforms? It, it's, yeah, it I, I like did not touch that. Okay. I didn't touch that game at all. So you'll have to forgive Yeah, it was on ignorance. Switch and PlayStation. If that game was... Av- mm-hmm. Yeah, c- if that game was available on multiple platforms, then who knows? We could actually see Fallout and Elder Scrolls spinoffs on other platforms as well, but obviously it remains to be seen. Um, appears that AJ is escaping the Phantom Zone. I'm trying desperately. If that happens right. again, I'm just going to sit no. out. Well, everybody uh, at home, but I'm here call now. it the Justice League. We need to give the Phantom Zone an ass-kicking. Uh, oh, let's move on to talking a little bit about starfield this is obviously a game that we don't necessarily know a whole lot about but i wanted to talk about it right after the elder scrolls and fallout because i think that this game if it like really hits out of the park has the potential to be kind of like a third a third string alongside the elder scrolls and fallout as one of bethesda's biggest series and so wanted to kind of like order it in terms of that kind of sense of importance uh are we kind of in agreement that we'll probably see that one come over to PlayStation systems as well? Or Yeah, Starfield will... I think anything from Bethesda Studios proper will be on PlayStation as well as Xbox. I th- um, especially because Bethesda is going to allow them to self-publish. And Microsoft has left the wording very loosely 
about the a console by console basis for certain games and i think those are going to be the three games hmm. yeah that, that was kind of my thing is like what what do you what does microsoft consider more important the franchises that bethesda makes or bethesda itself like specifically game studios uh in this instance like and so I, I kind of think it's going to be the Fallout Elder Scrolls side rather than the what Bethesda. I don't think Bethesda Game Studios' name is at, is that much of a selling point rather than Fallout and Elder Scrolls. And I mean, that's kind of why I'm, I, I think that potentially future Fallout and future Elder Scrolls might be cross-platform because you have the Game Pass trick where... Oh, you could get it for a uh, full price over there, or you could just get it for $15 a month over here, where um, specifically um, anything new that uh -oh. they work on. Uh oh. Fuck. Guys, somebody fuck. called the Justice League. Apparently, their ass kicking in the first round wasn't enough to give the Phantom Zone. So I think uh, AJ is going to be dead <sighs> here to us for the rest of the podcast. We'll see if he jumps back on. Yeah, again, not dead forever, just Fuck dead to me. us. He's permanently banned. All right, well, sorry, AJ. And now <laughs> Alex apparently decided to go and take a bathroom break in the middle oh, of this okay. as well. Oh, okay, well, let's just uh, have this a fireside good. chat then. All right, All right. Well, what do you want to talk about? Um, well, we can keep talking about our current talk. Alex, mm -hmm. I know you're huge fans of the Doom. Big fan of this Nathan, franchise. I've never played Doom. Sorry, Nathan, I no, thought you were going to uh, say something. I haven't played any of the new Dooms. I played the original Doom. Um, My biggest thoughts about this is but, uh, it is one of the best FPS studios working right now. Like, I mean, Doom and Doom Eternal really prove that. And Microsoft has always been kind of known as like, because Sony has their bread and butter 3D character action adventure games. And Microsoft has tried to play around with that a little bit. But for the most part, like Microsoft is really known for like FPS and uh, like FPS and RPGs and things of that nature. Um, the stuff that Sony basically just doesn't do. And so the fact that um, Microsoft is kind of, I really like that Microsoft's doubling down on that especially with the the purchase of Bethesda uh, just as a whole, but especially id because, you know, they have now the best first-person shooter with a green space marine in it because uh, mm. the king is dead. Um, so, yeah, like, I think this is awesome that Microsoft's doubling down on this and, it, like, for sure, if Doom, or if id makes a new Doom game or whatever they do next, that will definitely be exclusive. And I think it's. I think honestly, as of right now, ID's name is more important. Like ID as a studio is more important than any other of the studios that um, that was purchased in this acquisition. Mm. Like just from track record alone, and that I might have a little bit of a bias. I think you on do that. have a little bit of a bias. I think Bethesda is the bigger deal. I think just a little. Um, well, ID's put out some quality content. I don't think people talk about Doom like they talk about Elder Scrolls or Fallout. Um, that's true, but my my big the I think the main reason why I was saying that is just because of how horrible Fallout seventy six was. But I guess that is also just in the gaming sphere where like you know, a lot more people played Skyrim and but have no idea about Fallout seventy six. So yeah, yeah, okay. So you're you're kind of 
I can see where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, and, like, uh, the honest truth is, follow, if they come, like, and we're a bazillion years away from another follow game because they've got Starfield and Elder Scrolls, and they're going to let, like, the, mm-hmm. by the time we see Fallout 5 or if they let um, Obsidian work on Fallout New Vegas 2, um, like, we're talking at least seven years before it so there'll yeah. be a long time for that to just say people being like i miss follow because really the Fallout's my favorite of the two franchises um i i've been playing Fallout mm-hmm. since the original game and i love the story and i love the lore and I, I really do like what they did with that game so as i took it over yeah this is um this is like one example of a bethesda own franchise where yeah it seems kind of a foregone conclusion that this is probably going to be exclusive to microsoft from here on out and i'm a little bit upset about it because this is a franchise that i enjoy quite a bit my experience with it is very limited uh, it largely begins and ends at the 2016 doom reboot uh but that game was such a great time and such a great time that i had specifically on the playstation 4 and while ultimately in the end it's not injurious to me because i'm going to be getting an xbox series s or x and thus we'll be able to continue the series on that uh, you know i can I, I sympathize with people who only are going to have playstation consoles going forward who are going to potentially miss you know out alice it. can alex convinced me of something um but not the mm-hmm. point that he was trying to make i think the id name does mean a lot okay. I, I don't think it means more than bethesda um but i do think the id name means a lot this is something that they'd launch on PS5 yeah. still, because of how much money they really can make okay. Um, like at the end of the day, I, I at the s- end of the day, it's going to be seventy dollars versus Game Pass, and that's the narrative they're going to be pushing about Game Pass. But they don't want to turn the seventy dollars away from all the people on PS5 at the same time. I think it'll be a combination of both. So, so my biggest, so my biggest now question to you is because like. You know, you've got at least two the the two biggest studios, at least in my opinion, that Bethesda had. Uh, you're saying are going to be multi-plats, but like, do you think things like other acquisitions that they've made that have been known for doing, like, what's stopping Microsoft from doing this with a lot more of their games? Well, in all fairness, a lot of this besides most of the studios like, they do you bought think haven't been doing multi-platform like, and have not nearly been this big. This is a re- like, and the one that's, that's been true. this big is Minecraft, which has been still producing for multi-platform. Like, they bought Undead yeah, Labs, okay. which That's, was yeah. doing Xbox exclusives. Um, uh, like, a lot of the studios they've bought, uh, whether it's uh, Turn 10, I believe, um, and the ones, uh, is it Playground Games that are doing Ninja Fable? Theory and... Yeah. yeah. So those have all been doing Xbox exclusive games anyways. Um, but what about something like Ninja Theory or um, Ninja Theory or Obsidian? Like... Like, those are probably the two biggest studios that they owned beforehand. And especially with Obsidian. Like, if Obsidian makes a, a Fallout, like, a Fallout New Vegas 2, will that be on that? Is it the, it's the Fallout, Fallout name, name that's that more I important, think's important than... in this case? And in all fairness, okay. Obsidian did release uh, um, uh, Wasteland 3 on all the consoles. The deals were there beforehand, and Microsoft okay. wasn't publishing, mm-hmm. I don't believe. Um, oh, okay. So, th- then... so, but they did release okay. uh, Wasteland 3 came out on all the consoles. So, right. Um, I, in like, and like, I could be completely wrong, but I just think 
these are a few major franchises that they would be dumb to say no to. Like the thing is there's going to be PlayStation gamers. I see private Jeebus in the chat saying passionately that they won't do this, but there's going to be passionate gamers who just aren't going to buy an Xbox or aren't going to go multi-platform. And I hear, keep hearing the argument about using your phone. People don't want to play like these games on your phone. It's nice to have on the go. And it's a nice supplementary thing, but very few people are going to get game pass on their phone just exclusively to play these major tentpole games instead of playing them on their television. So, um, I, like, they, they will become multi-platform in these cases. So. Uh, I wanted to move on from here to a game that has a lot of history with Doom, but has obviously gone in a very different direction emotionally, and that's Wolfenstein. Uh, unfortunately, I've been meaning to get around to this series as of recent, but I just haven't had the time to. What, what's your guys' experiences with the Wolfenstein series? Very little to none. So I've only played the two machine... Uh, it's machine games? I've only played yeah. the, the two... Like, I played New Colossus and... Uh, it's New Order and New Colossus? Yeah, New Order is the first one, and then it's New Colossus. Okay, yeah, I've played both of those. I hadn't played Old Blood or um, whatever the the co-op one that they they made. Young Blood. Young Blood. Well, there's Old Blood, yeah. which was the prequel to New Colossus, yes. and then then Young yeah. Blood. I haven't played either of those, but I I enjoy I do enjoy the Wolfenstein franchise. I think it's not as tight as Doom, but I still think it takes a lot of the what made those games huge when the franchise is original the original inception of them and what was the sort of the the reason why they were successful and the philosophies that they made with that and then added it into a modern context and i i think i think wolfenstein will be another one that's going to be an ex like at this point i'm still i'm still like like maybe bethesda game studios but i think id for sure is going to be an exclusive and i could and i fully expect the next wolfenstein to be as well because wolfenstein has already been on game pass as well i know it got multiplied i just i I just I think that Microsoft would be stupid not to make this all exclusive, and I think Wolfenstein falls into that as well. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I can't really see a universe where it doesn't remain exclusive. But obviously, yeah, you know, again, this is all very theoretical. It remains to be seen exactly what happens. Um, from there, let's talk a little bit about a video game series by the name of Dishonored. Again, this is a series that uh, I've been interested in checking out. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided uh, when it came out uh, a fair few years back, and I've been meaning to check this game out as well because from everything that it's been described as being, it seems like it's very much uh, a game that scratches the same itch as that. Uh, but, you know, just time slips away from me. Do either of you have any experience with this one? No. I haven't played a lot of Bethesda games besides uh, Fallout no. and Elder Scrolls, apparently. I'm figuring this out now. I <laughs> I've played um, both Dishonored one, and I didn't finish two, but I did play a good chunk of it. Uh, and I haven't played the uh, spin-off game that was for it. Honestly, my yeah. biggest opinion with Dishonored is I think Arcane is the type of studio that really likes to jump, like make new IPs, make new IPs, and the fact that they've done three Dishonored games. I think Dishonored's going to be... I think Dishonored's done. Like, I don't think... I can't see a world where they return to it. I think 
whatever Arcane's next game after Deathloop, even if it is like even a sequel to Deathloop, I could see that being the exclusive on on Microsoft. Sort of like I, in a lot of ways, like uh, Insomniac with Sunset Overdrive. Even though Microsoft is doing this by choice instead of um, Sony not being able to, like instead of Microsoft owning the publishing rights in the Sunset Overdrive case, but I could see it being something like that. That if they make like a Deathloop two, that would be that would be the exclusive or just whatever Arcane does. Yeah, next. yeah. So. Yeah. I figure we might as well jump directly from talking about this honor yeah. to Deathloop. It's already been confirmed that it's so going to honor the PlayStation exclusivity and be on the PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're saying that, yeah, it's pretty good possibility that Deathloop 2, if it ever were to come to light, probably would switch sides, so to speak. Yeah. Which, yeah, it, it, it's super weird because I feel like it's not often that we get instances like that where, like, game one is exclusive to solely one console and then game two is completely flip-flops but mm. yeah yeah all right I, we uh so like we uh, we all i think have been pretty excited about what we've seen of death loop so far do you guys think you're going to be picking no. up day one yes especially for me especially because they pushed it they pushed it to q2 next year that's a pretty dead zone a lot of the time for for games like not a ton comes out from that that span and so to be able to be able to to get a new arcane game would be great so i'm probably will it depends on what else comes out around them but i feel like that would be higher on the the list Hmm. uh let's move over to talking a little bit about the evil within uh, unlike the previous couple of franchises that we talked about, this is not really a franchise that I'm interested in. So uh, I'm going to let out a little dark, dirty secret here. I've never played uh, Resident Evil 4 before. And it's one of those things where like, I really, really want to get around to playing it. And then once I finally get around to playing it, I'll probably put the evil within on the docket. But until I play Resident Evil 4, I'm not really going to kind of coerce myself into playing these games because i feel like to properly fully appreciate them i need to kind of like have experience of the classic the game that kind of had such an instrumental uh impact on their design what about you guys um so i actually don't like resident evil 4 i don't think that's a good uh, it's not a popular opinion i know that's a hot take i just it, i remember buying on gamecube uh having been I played Resident Evil 3 and hated the tank controls, and I kept reading the reviews of Resident Evil uh, 4 being a better game when it dropped on GameCube. Um, and I think... Did you play... Sorry, did you play Resident Evil 2 no, before I you played, played 3? No, I just played 3 because I bought my PlayStation later in its hmm. life cycle and a ton of games. And so I bought, you know, every sequel's better. It was my thought process when I did it. So I bought Resident Evil 3, and I did just couldn't get on the tank with the tank controls with it and kind of just um let it go and i got i want to say halfway through resident evil 4 um but i didn't there were just things i didn't love in the game like you couldn't run and shoot at the same time um it was definitely a much more slower paced more methodical game and i know lots of people really love it it just never clicked with me so um that being said and i honestly don't love spooky games typically i've come to that realization as well which is why the evil within is probably not on my list I mean, I think another question to be asked here is, do we think that we're going to be seeing a Evil Within 3, or do you think that post 
Ghostwire Tokyo, we're going to see like more Ghostwire games or like other horror games that are in the same sort of spirit as Ghostwire and Evil Within, but that are an entirely new IP. Because I think that yeah, that's a very. I think that's more possible than um, it. Like, just continue to produce new IPs. They have to see what happens with Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, I think Ghostwire Tokyo looks more interesting than The Evil Within, and it definitely looks more of an action slant than a spooky game. So we'll see him, yeah. or we'll see. I guess. I, uh, I I didn't get like what your experience is with the series, Alex. Sorry if I interrupted oh, you at some point. No worries. Uh, I wasn't really contributing too much because I genuinely haven't played either of them. Okay. Um, yeah, I I just I I was surprised they even made a second one to Evil Within. It kind of seemed like a it kind of seemed like it didn't really make a big splash when it came out, and so I I. I don't. I mean, we'll have to again see with Ghostwire Tokyo, but I kind of feel like that's that doesn't feel like a game that's going to have a franchise. But I I think know, that anything's possible. I'm fairly I guess. certain they tried a second one because the engine and stuff was already built. Like the thing about sequels is they you oh, can make fair. them much quicker because you've got a lot of the assets and everything already developed. Um, so they took a shot at it, but Bethesda's hmm. not one to do sequels quickly typically. So I don't know if there's some regret there. Yeah. Hmm. It, it seems like, though, by and large, people actually were really down with The Evil Within 2. Yeah. I remember the narrative when that game came out being like, hey, like you wouldn't think that an open-world horror game would work, but this one actually pulls it off People liked well. Evil Within, and I know, um, I remember uh, Colin from the Kind of Funny podcast back in the day saying he did really appreciate it, so. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Prey. Yeah. Yeah, so is this a game you have experience with? Yeah, I, I've I've I haven't played much of it, but I have played a bunch of it. Like, I, I like some of it. Um, I don't hate it, but I also don't really love it all too much. It just didn't click as well with me like Dishonored did. Um, as well, I just I don't really see Arcane returning to it. I mean, I don't know how it like ended or anything, but I just I think. I think it fell flat for me, and it, 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 I felt divisive when it came out. Like, it felt like people were either, like, they loved it or just couldn't get into it. Not that they hated it, they just couldn't get into it like me, and that's kind of... I don't really see them returning Arcane to it. Arcane didn't work on it, did it? I already kind of oh, stated... Oh, they did. I didn't realize yeah. that was Arcane. They also... They also did the majority of the work on uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood as well. Like, Arcane's pretty busy, and... They jump from project to project a lot of the time, and I kind of see them continuing well, that. If I remember correctly, too, mm. people didn't love Wolfenstein Youngblood, correct? It was no. pretty well disliked. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's mm. interesting. I didn't realize they developed Prey. I wonder if they have more than one team. They must. They, they yeah, have. Because Dishonored so, 2 came out in 2016, Prey so, came out in 2017. So, uh, uh, keeping with the subject of Prey, here's a question that I want to ask for the room. Do you guys remember the original vision for Prey that was in development at Human Head Studios? Is this the one, the cancelled Prey this was that people played? Yes, this is the game that was first unveiled in 2011 and made a lot of a lot of waves at the time, but ended up being inevitably cancelled. You know, earlier we talked about how uh, a lot of people are now wondering, oh, you know, now that Microsoft owns both Obsidian and Bethesda, are they going to greenlight Fallout New Vegas 2? 
Uh, obviously, you know, Fallout New Vegas 2 gets brought up in a lot of circles as a game that people look back, people not look back on, but like they look forward to as like a cool possible game that who knows if it will ever happen, but it'd be awesome if it were to happen. I still to this day see a lot of people look back on Prey 2, or at least what little we saw of it back in 2011, and really reminisce about how it could have been something really special and awesome. And not that people look back disdainfully on the 2017 Prey game, but I think more or less everyone is in agreement that like, hey, it was a very different style of experience than what was originally promised in 2011. And so I do wonder now if, who knows, we could see Microsoft attempt to reject, uh, not reject, but uh, reboot some version of what Prey 2 from 2011 was promising. I think that it's the kind of move that I think is entirely within the realm of possibility, and I'd be fascinated to see what it looks like. Uh, like potentially, I guess the gates are o like the doors are open on this franchise um, to see what they want to do with it at this point. So, yeah, it, it, and like one thing I'll say, I'm, we're looking at the trailer for the game from 2011 right now. Um, you're basically like playing as a bounty hunter on a space station. And what kind of stuck me is that, like, there certainly really isn't any game that's exactly like what we're looking at. You know, we recently got Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, where you're playing as a member of the former Jedi Order. We are going to get uh, Starfield at some point, but from the vibe that we've seen of that game, it's not totally clear that you're going to be, like, a ruthless mercenary picking off aliens in exotic locales. or Ultimately, it remains to be seen exactly what that game is like. This game still has a very distinctive kind of style and narrative that, again, we have not seen a whole lot of within the past few years. And I feel like Microsoft potentially could have something really unique and cool on their hands if they were to greenlight something like this. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Uh, e e even like a decade onward, this game still looks kind of cool. Yeah, it definitely looks interesting. Uh, so finally... Jumping off of that, I want to talk a little bit about a game called <laughs> Rage. Either of you have any experience with this one? This is another one where it's like, mm, don't really have much of an interest, not going to involve myself with it. Yeah, I I didn't play either of them. Um, I know the first one was made by id uh, before they kind of rebooted themselves. Um, right. And then the second one was Avalanche, which was outsourced, but then also they put Id's name on it, and I think because Id may have helped with the the FPS part of it, but I um I don't know I from what I could tell it kind of fell very flat, like people didn't really like it all that much, and it didn't really sell too well. Um, like I I don't really I think it was a good attempt at. Tr trying to do what you were even saying with prey where it's like they bring back a franchise obviously the differences there are some key differences with the fact that there was another game made by or called prey but rage i just i feel like they tried the let's reboot kind of one of our older franchises and change it up a bit um and change it up a bit but it it didn't work in this case either. yeah um rage is one of those weird situations where i remember the first game like there were a few people that liked it but most people felt it was just a boring benign shooter especially very brown um and when they leaked when it was leaked that rage 2 was coming and bethesda dropped a trailer 
there was definitely focus on color to show that they had color now in the game. Uh, it was lots of pastels, and yeah. um, I thought that the marketing was pretty good for it, and it looked cool, but it just never caught anybody's eyes, and I think there was some technical issues behind that too. I will say the fact that the Canadian cover still is like the Walmart's like leaked cover from the um, oh, yeah. famous Canadian Walmart uh, leaks is kind of amazing mm-hmm. uh, for it, so... Yeah, I, I I see that whenever I go to Walmart, and it always uh, puts a smile. I don't, on my I don't face. buy a lot of physical games, but I feel like that's one that's just too cool not to get someday, just to have that cover. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I'm currently showing it on screen. Yes, that is actually real. That's not like a weird Photoshop or <laughs> custom thing that someone made. That's actually <laughs> the way it looks in Canada. Yeah, which is it, it's kind of amazing. The whole uh, like. Yeah, the fact that they also made a controller for the Rage Two, it was like the it was uh the Walmart Canada like uh store page, and it was just like a screenshot of that on an oh, Xbox controller that. is one of the is as well. I yeah, it it as well is like I love how hard they leaned into it. Like the marketing for Rage Two was great. It's unfortunate it just didn't mm-hmm. translate to the yeah, game that's itself. Right. Oh, hold on quickly before we move on to the last thing. I got an image of the. Damn it, where'd the image go? All right, it's like the image is trying to avoid being seen. Hold on a second. Here we go. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, before we close out the show for the night, there's one last franchise that I just want to bring up, uh, and it's Commander Keen. Now, Commander Keen, I would not put in the same league as all the previous games that we brought up it's not relevant in the same way that fallout or the elder scrolls or even rage is relevant but there was a mobile free-to-play game that was announced back in 2019 so there were plans to kind of bring the series back into the spotlight that game of course got cancelled after people expressed their disinterest in it and even uh, tom hall one of the original creators of commander keen uh, voices displeasure on the internets. So while there is a lot of kind of bad mojo uh, surrounding the franchise at the moment, and again, it's not super relevant, the fact that so many people spoke out about it at least means that people still care so, about it. I, and so sorry, go ahead. I, I didn't know they yeah, canceled this. So I remember coming, I just, um, I didn't even think it was going to be, I forgot it was a mobile port. Um, Interesting. Okay, sorry. Finish your thoughts. My apologies. I shouldn't have interrupted. Well, no, no, that was pretty much uh, the extent of it. And, and yeah, it was uh, it was canceled at the very end of June uh, this year. Oh, this so year. it's pretty recent. And it was like it was like super okay, quiet. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. I think there's room for a good Commander King game to be made. Um, and the like, I wish Bethesda would stop fooling around in the mobile space as much. Um, they had a hit with Fallout Shelter, and I think that was a unique take. I don't think Elder Scroll Blades is liked at all. Um, I yeah. think that's been very poorly received. This was going to be poorly received in that manner, too. Um, and I'd rather just see them make a really fun 2D platformer uh, that they can release on Game Pass and just have a side team doing it. Uh, maybe the people who worked on the Battletoads game uh, work on this. Um, and just create a neat 2D platformer because I remember hearing this game as a, uh, hearing about this game as a kid. I don't think I ever played it. Maybe I played it as shareware well before um, 
you guys might not realize this, but they used to sell discs at the dollar store, 3.5 inch floppy discs that were, um, oh, that shit. were just a bunch of first demos for like demos for games, essentially. And you'd get to try like tw- wow, 10 or 12 that- games on it. Um, so on one of those, I might've played it. And then you can choose to buy the, the, they tell you how to buy the full game if you wanted to. This was before the internet, so you couldn't just click a button and buy it. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. The, the Phantom Zone is swallowing what? him up as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Wait, can you no. still hear me or is it my camera? Are you still there, Nathan? Y- your camera's frozen. We can hear you, but you're a little oh, bit garbled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that's the end of First YYZ episode 35. <laughs> I, I, I just want to interject quickly and say that I think that there is potential in a Commander Keen reboot. I think that, you know, I think it's entirely possible we might see Microsoft attempt to revive the series and attempt to build up its kid-friendly portfolio, but I don't know that it's a certainty. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. We really appreciate you for, you know, uh, accepting our <laughs> weaknesses and follies and faults throughout this episode. We promise you that uh, over the course of the next few weeks, we'll get back our mojo and defeat that dastardly phantom zone to make sure that no none of us ever fall prey to it again. Um, Nathan, if they want to follow you outside of Press YZ, oh, where yeah, can they do so? You can follow me at the underscore NMAC on Twitter, where I have posted a bunch of Tony Hawk videos of me doing really long, complicated things uh, to get challenges. So, yeah, uh, check those out. And if you want to give my YouTube video a, a, a check out, please do, because I worked very hard on it for 20 minutes. But I was really impressed with what I did in 20 minutes. I liked and it. having no experience doing it whatsoever. Yeah. Cool. Amazing. Alex, where can they follow you? Uh, so uh, on Twitter, I am blatantly underscore Alex. And on Instagram, I'm blatantly Alex, where I am posting a lot of stuff. Just a lot of, like, just trying to keep up and make a little online journal of my life. Uh, as well, YouTube.com slash blatantlyAlex. At some point, I will make a new video. Maybe. And sorry, Alex, your casting director is going to be getting a hold of me this week. Yeah, my producer, my producer is going to contact. Excellent. You. I'll be waiting. Yeah. Uh, again, if you want to see what Mitch has been up to, you can go to twitch.tv slash MrMitchGeorge and watch the VOD of his wedding. Again, lots of twists and turns there that you are not going to see coming. Uh, and of course, you can also find him on Twitter at twitter.com slash MrMitchGeorge and at instagram.com slash MrMitchGeorge. Um of course, you can also find AJ, who, you know, sadly was fully engulfed by the Phantom Zone, but we'd imagine we'll probably be back next week uh, on the socials as well. Uh, you can specifically find him on Twitter at Times Hero and see what he's up to there. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Cozina, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Live. Until next time, keep on playing. I'm actually not sure if that's how we close out the show. I never do the show closing out thing. So if you guys want to close out the show with something better, you guys can close it out with something better. Take care, guys.